What's up, everybody? We are live. It's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. means one thing. It's Fairway to Heaven on the All About the Birds Network. I am Phil Stifel, joined as always by uh, Jason Sullivan down there at the bottom of the screen. This week, we got a special guest, Chris Yuxusian. I've been practicing. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> we just know him as at Chris Ebom on Twitter. Yeah, Chris Ebom, keep it simple. Bombs all the time. The man that hit Corey Connors as the first round leader last week at the Honor Palmer Invitational. What was he like? Nine thousand to one to win, and you hit that one. Yeah, sixty-six to one. It was a nice little hit. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for coming on this week. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be on. Yeah. So, so everybody, this week it's the Players Championship, and in all like the headers I did for this week, you know, it's in caps locks because you have to type the Players Championship in caps lock. You know, it's it's just the type of event that it is. It's in my opinion, one of my favorite events, Jason. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Is this is this top five, top three events for the year for you? Oh, top five for sure. I just love that it's carnage every single year. It's like you never really know what to expect, and it doesn't matter how how safe your lineups feel on Thursday morning. By the time Friday comes, you're not feeling safe anymore. I'm sure the same thing with your bets too. So yeah. it's exciting though. Yeah, is it a tough week to bet, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, this, this is really tough because there's so many different winners. Webb Simpson's won, Siwoo Kim. There's been so many different winners, and, and nothing goes with these guys. It's, a, it's carnage, like he said, in, in the, pretty much in the summing of everything. And uh, anyone can win this event. You know, there's a lot of risk-reward, and it's whoever's playing the best. This usually goes down to guys that have been consistent, not missing the cut. So we'll see uh, what happens this week. I mean – on the on the so betting wise, I mean, literally, like you said, anybody can win. I mean, the last seven winners have ranged from, you know, you know, people that have never won a major. Like Ricky Fowler had never won a major. Well, he still hasn't won a major, but you know, he hadn't had any big wins in his career at that point. You know, Tigers won it. Nobody has ever repeated as champion of this event. And on the on the fantasy side of it, so two really weird stats I saw 
that last year, well, two, so there was no event last year. This is when the shutdown happened. So I'm going to keep saying last year, but I really mean 2019. Four of the top six fantasy scores were $7,100 and below. That's, that's insane to think of. And in 2018, all top seven scores were priced $7,300 or below. So we're talking low-level guys were putting up monster numbers the last two years. So it really says anything goes. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I was kind of listening today, too. I always kind of track the optimal lineups each week. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I've been noticing lately is that the optimal lineup, quote-unquote, is usually around 48000 So people are leaving. You know, the, if you had the perfect lineup, you would be leaving $2,000 on the table, which is wild. But that seems to be the way that's been going lately. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, for for the most part, I mean, you're usually leaving like maybe five, six hundred for those optimal lineups, but two thousand. That's pretty outrageous. That's a really big gap. That just shows there's a lot of value in the mid uh, mid tier range. I mean, I can speak yep. for myself. I have a lineup that I put in. I didn't even take anybody in the ten k range, so uh, it's yep. just been spread around for the most part. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the ten k range, but again, I yeah, I did the same thing. I've got four lineups I build up here that I wanted to talk with you guys about. And one time I did put Dustin Johnson in it, but I don't have a single other 10K or above guy this week because, I mean, you can build lineups with 8K guys, you know, 9K guys. You get so much value in the fantasy game on a load. I mean, there's 154 players in this field, but everybody outside of Brooks Kepka in the top, you know, 50 golfers in the world is playing. So prices and odds on the betting side, I mean, you look at someone like Colin Morikawa, who just won, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's 22 to one to win the event. I mean, that's that's absurd to think that you can get someone like him at that price this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one's better at the approach shot right now than Kyle Morikawa. The dude's a beast. He's a killer. Uh, when he's in a big event, uh, WGC, I mean, he's already won a major already. The dude's an animal. And he even changed his putting grip. And I didn't know if he was going to come back from that. And then he ends up winning WGC. So I'm like, this dude's just unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick, before we get into any further into this week's <clears> event, <throat> let's just touch for a few minutes. I know you tweeted something out about the rule change this week, uh, Chris. Well, Bryce yeah. DeChambeau, huge win at Arnold Palmer last week. We had him picked last week. We also had Lee Westwood as a, as a major contender last week on the, on the, on the event. Yeah, but very nice. I want to get your guys' thoughts on Bryson. You know, first off, him winning and him – his major success in the past year or two validates, I think, everything he's doing. But is he good for the game and what he's doing and the excitement he's bringing and also the negative press that he's bringing? Because there are a lot of people that don't like what he's doing. You know, is it good for the game? What are your thoughts? You know, Chris, you're the guest. You know, you tweeted out about the rule change today that they made. I don't know, Jason, did you see the rule change? No, I didn't. They, they added an bounce on the 18th hole, I believe it was. Yeah, the 18th hole, there's a big water right in the middle. And to the left of the water, they decide to call that out of bounds now. There's like this big grassy patch over there where the, the grandstand's at. And they decide to make that uh, an internal or external out of bounds. I don't have the right off the top of my head, but they're automatically calling it out of bounds, which is outrageous. Uh, just taking something out of his arsenal for the most part, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, there's very limited players that would have gotten to that point. And they're kind of using it as a, you know, a safety reason for it and all. But, you know, they're taking, you know, something that he could have driven that no one else could have 
Oh, we lost we lost Jason there. But they, they took it out of the equation. He'll jump back in in a second. Yeah, he'll get but, uh, yeah, you know, I think – what do you think of Bryson as a whole, though? Do you think he's good for the game the way it's going? I think he's great for the game. Uh, anybody that can – there he is. Nice. There he is. A little change <laughs> is, this, is this your first time doing a podcast, Jason? Dude, all of a sudden I couldn't hear anything. Not good. Oh, we're good now, though, right? We're good. Okay, cool. Back so, anyway – so I think Bryson's great for the game, honestly. He's a guy that has a lot of emotion. I think he draws in a big audience. Uh, he's sponsored by DraftKings. I think that helps the brand even more. Uh, he's a guy that works on his craft, and he's very analytical. Um, he dissects the game. He's working hard. Yeah, he's a little hot-headed or whatever, and he's always trying to bend the rules a little bit. But at the end of the day, he's great for the game. Um a perfect example, that one hole where he drove over the water when he was going against Lee Westwood, the yeah. third, the, the second shot, they both ended up in the same spot. That's the beauty of the game. Like, you can play it so many different ways. It didn't mean that he was going to just outpower him. I mean, yeah, the reason why he won was because of his putting. I mean, Lee Westwood had a better strokes game tee to green, which pretty much tells the whole story. But it was because of Bryson's putting he ended up gaining over two strokes. So that was big. It actually came down to his putter, not even his driver. So that, that's the true story. Jason, you know what, I think I think that's kind of the sneaky point about Bryson too, is that he is such a good putter. I mean, he's everybody thinks the, the long drives and everything like that, rightfully so, but he is a really good putter. I mean, he's he, I think he's good for the game. It's kind of like Spieth in a way. Kind of, He's very polarizing. So you either like him or hate him. And I kind of was on the hate him bandwagon for a long time, but I'm starting to warm up to him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think – he brings some excitement to the game, which it's kind of been, I don't want to say overshadowed, but kind of a little bit, well, how they're all buddies. I kind of like the rivalry a little bit, like kind of back in the day with Phil and Tiger, how there's, you know, you could tell that they didn't always love each other. And so I think that, I don't think these guys love Bryson, but I think they, they know he's good for the game. And you've seen guys like Brooks Kepka come out and say, you know, different digs at Bryson along the way. So I think it's good for the game. Yeah. Two things I touch on. So first off, they just released, like, literally a couple days ago, tickets on sale for this week. You know, there's a limited amount of fans again. They said they sold out the entire week's worth of tickets that they were allotted to in less than an hour. And a lot of the PGA people that, you know, put these tickets on sale say people like Bryson are the reason why they're selling out tickets, you know, literally less than an hour, you know, two to 5,000 fans every day, whatever it is, you know, sold them out instantly because people want to see him. But, you know, they were talking. I was watching live at the Players' Championship all day today at work. And I forget which duo was talking, and they were talking about, is he good for the game? And David Duvall, and I forget who the other one was, but the other person on the screen at the time said that they should put, rule, like, restrictions on his equipment and stuff like that because he's bending the rules, as you say, or stretching the rules. And I think that's awful to think that you're going to restrict the rules, you know, just because this guy hits it further and hit. It's not just the hitting the further. It's the he, the science that he's putting into it. It's not just the power. And I, I think that's kind of unfair to do that. Yeah, honestly, though, um, there was there was one rule he did kind of bend the rules with a little bit. He was on the fringe on one hole, and there was a sprinkler head, and he was looking to putt the ball. But honestly, I don't think he had to even putt that way. But he's so used to roll for like a whole club length, and he got out of like that somewhat yep. rough like fringe, and he ended up getting on like the putting green. All well, he was like almost on the putting green. It was that's, like a great. Not, I remember what you're talking about, and that's not breaking the rules. That's just using the rules to your advantage. Absolutely, I'm all for it. I mean, use anything <laughs> yeah. you can. Honestly, like you, he's well, that smart to figure that out. Like everybody should be that smart. They, like, they were you can't knock a guy for like finding something out. 
they were more talking on the golf channel about his equipment and the way he plays the game because, and because they, they, he even brought the, the, whoever the other guy was on the channel was like, well, you know, he'll still be the longest driver on the tour, but maybe he'll just come back to the field a little bit. And w- once he said that, I was like, that, that's a, that's a really lame, you know, argument to have just because the guy's out hitting the entire competition. No, it definitely is too. I mean, what if it was uh, the shoe was on a different foot? Say he was just the best putter on tour by far. Are you going to make regulation changes to regulations in the putters? I mean, that's ridiculous yeah. to me. He yeah. he still does. It's funny though with Bryson though, because it's like as soon as you warm up to him a little bit, he does something a little <laughs> questionable. Like I don't know if you guys saw when he he hit that shot in the bunker. Yeah. I, I think it was sixteen or seventeen, and then he hits it out of the bunker and he goes, "Oh, worst bunkers on tour." It's like. At Arnold Palmer, of course, you're going to say that, but I don't know. It just kind of keeps you honest a little bit with your love for him. You know, yeah. Spieth kind of does that in a way, too, though, but it, Spieth is along the same lines, too, where it's like you kind of either like Jordan or you hate him, but I feel like when he's playing well like he has been, it's good for the game, so I have no complaints with Bryson. No, I'll, right. tell you what about, I'll tell you what about Jordan Spieth anyway. When I was watching him play, he did not lay up once. He literally went for the hole every time. I mean, it rolled past just by, like, centimeters, but – he was not laying up by any means necessary, so I got to respect that. No, Jordan, we, we talk about Jordan Spieth almost every single week and how uh, good okay. he is for the game. So we're we're big Jordan Spieth fans, and well, Jason loves Jordan Spieth. Me, I just love when when certain players again, Bryson DeChambeau too. When they're on their game, it's good for the game. It's it's the Tiger effect, you know. You know, Tiger got me into golf basically. So you know, you know. Whether you like them or not, polarizing characters, there's not enough of them in golf. And any which way you look at them, if they're polarizing even a little bit, you know, it's good for the game. It gets more eyes on it, gets, you know, the, the prize pools on DraftKings, you know, up. It, it does all that great stuff. So, all right, let, let, let's jump right into the Players' Championship. I'll start with you, Jason, because you do a lot of coursework research. What are the keys on this course or at least the top, you know, couple categories that you're looking at that really make a difference on this course. Again, the you know TPC Sawgrass, just seventy, just over seventy one hundred yards. It's not the longest course on tour, but it's it's got a lot of weird quirks quirks to it. Yeah, it does for sure. So it's a Pete Dye design course, which we know a lot about Pete Dye design courses. Um, the weird thing about these kind of courses, especially this one, is that no certain type of player really wins. Like Chris kind of brought that up earlier in the uh, in the show, kind of saying there's no really rhyme or reason if you look at past winners. It's, it's a little bit of everybody. So I kind of like that a lot because um, you never know really what to expect. Approach is probably the most important stat this week. You're going to have to be good with your irons. It's definitely a second shot golf course. The interesting thing for me is it's – been known in the past as a less than driver course but then you have somebody like Bryson who you know gained so much off the tee is Bryson going to try to quote unquote break this course I mean he might so it's gonna be interesting to see what he does so yeah I think it's also a week where you're not going to weigh course history as much because it's it's kind of a crapshoot so recent form is going to be super important this week I'm going to want guys that are playing well recently and there's a lot of interesting calls I feel like there's a lot of people that don't quote unquote fit the course like Bryson Spieth and those guys but are the interesting plays on DraftKings? Definitely. Uh, and any anything to add about the course there, Chris? Yeah, uh, you brought up a good point about the approach shots. It's approach shot course. It's not a long course, so I don't think personally Bryson's going to benefit from it. I mean, I know he can overpower some courses like he did with Wingfoot and Arnold. Well, Arnold Palmer kind of fits like a longer course, so it actually worked out to his advantage. 
But birdie or better percentage, I feel like, is a big deal because you got to be able to really score at this course. And, you know, it's a feast or famine course. You know, you can get real hot or you can get really bad real fast. And I actually think that strokes gain off the tee is kind of important here because you got to be able to hit these fairways. It's not just about distance, but it's about accuracy hitting these fairways because you got to set up that approach shot and, you know, give your chance at least for a birdie or eagle. Yeah. I agree with all that. The only other one I had written down, I mean, I kind of always feel that when strokes gain approach is one of the key factors, strokes gained around the green is also a key factor. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, big this week as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you guys have said, you know, a hundred times, you know, this, this week could be, it it could go in a hundred different directions, you know, on where we're looking at this week. I will say I did write down when we get into the fantasy aspect of it, you know, I wrote down the top, you know, 10 names in the last 36 rounds in shots gained to approach and and outside of Morikawa, you know, some of those names that are on the list will be surprising, you know, in the sense that, you know, they're not getting names you're thinking about playing or betting. So it'll be really interesting to uh, look at. And also I wrote down strokes gained the best players recently on peak die courses. And I I really think that because peak die courses are a little different. I really think that's something you have to take into account when you're, you know, making your bets in your fantasy lineups. So the top five guys and strokes gained on Pete Dye courses recently, Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, Bryson DeChambeau, and Rory McIlroy. So even though, you know, we talk about the distance and everything else, you know, some of those numbers out there say someone like Bryson or Rory or DJ, the longer hitters, might still be able to have some success on this course this week. Yeah, you brought up uh, Dustin Johnson. He actually hasn't had a great – like, he's never won this tournament. He's had a 28th, a 12th, a 17th, and a 5th. So, I mean, he did have a 5th, don't get me wrong. I mean, Dustin Johnson, when he is on his game, he is the best golfer on tour. It's just when is he going to do that? You just don't know. That's his main issue. And that's why you typically don't bet him because, honestly, the the field has been – is really good. Even the young guys are good, like Zalatoris and Sam Burns and – and Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa, these are just the young guys. I'm only talking about like the John Roms of the world and everything. The whole field stacked. The take a guy at six and a half, eight to one. Uh, Dustin Johnson's at this twelve to one range. It's kind of intriguing, but you know, it's it's fast. Uh, history hasn't really been all amazing. Well, it's just uh, since we since we started, Dustin. Do you have any thoughts on him? You know, Jason, because he is the highest yeah. price guy on DraftKings. He's eleven two. Um, there's only four guys 10K and above because Brooks Kepka is withdrawn from the event with that uh, uh, knee injury. Um, do you look at Dustin Johnson as someone to play in DraftKings level? I don't think so. Kind of for the same exact reasons, too. He's played here 11 times. Uh, he makes a lot of the cuts, but he's not going to win. And for 11-3, I could, shouldn't say he's not going to win. He hasn't won um, in 11 times here. There's actually only one other tournament that he's played more and not won, and that was the Memorial. He's played it 12 times in that one. So it's interesting to me, but I feel like if you're going to spend that kind of money, you're going to have to – I want a guy that's going to finish in the top five for sure, and I'm not 100% confident in him here. And like Chris was saying, too, if you drop down just a little bit, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but you see a guy like JT below 10000 It's like, yep. is there really that big of a drop-off when you're going to save, you know, $1,500? So – uh, for me, I, I'm actually going to fade DJ and Rom this week, which is terrifying yeah. to say. But so, so the, the the 10K and above range this week, you got Dustin Johnson 11-2, Rom at 10-9, you got Rory at 10-6, and you got Xander Shoffley at 10-3. Personally, I'm fading all four of them this week. I'm not even betting any four of them this week. I just think 
the prices on DraftKings and actually the, the, the cost of, you know, their outright winning odds. I just don't think there's enough value in any four of those guys this week to really jump off the page. Yeah, I, I like, mean, uh, if, I, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at one guy, uh, Rory's already won, so I, I'm not too concerned about him trying to win again. I think he already went over that hump, and I think I think it, he just accomplished it, and that was done with. And, and he's again, no one's ever repeated as champion, and technically he is the defending champion. He technically is the defending champion. If I had to take somebody here, I would maybe consider Xander just because he's been so consistent. I don't, but. Is he going to win? Probably not, but he's just Mr. Consistent. So if you're looking for points with that kind of tier, that would be the kind of guy I would lean towards. I'm going Rory. Um, that's probably going to be the only guy I play over 10,000. I just like his – so he's, he's not been great, quote-unquote, for him. But, I mean, T10, T6, cut, T13, T16 in his last six events. So he's been really, really solid. Mm -hmm. um, he has five top 12 finishes here too, so he likes the course. Obviously, he's the defending champion. So he's played really well here, but I just think one of these weeks he's going to break through, and if he putts, I think he wins. And so I'm kind of hoping I get there early on Rory this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, let's jump in that nine K range. You already you know kind of you know hinted at Justin Thomas at ninety nine hundred, but I mean this nine mm -hmm. K range. A lot of these guys, most weeks when they're not major events, are in the ten K range. You got Thomas. You got Bryson. You got Webb Simpson, Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, and Patrick Reed. I mean, all these guys are winners or week in and week out top five, you know, finishers. Um, Chris, you want to start? Any any of these guys you like this week that you want to jump at first? You know, game yeah. fantasy-wise. Yeah, uh, fantasy-wise, uh, I think Kyle Morikawa is pretty much a lock you have to play. Uh, you saw him uh, – Pretty much the uh, WGC, he scored a 64. I mean, the guy can go on monster tears with his approach game. Uh, I think Patrick Cantlay is actually a really good play as well. He's playing really consistent. He's a West Coast guy. He was supposed to be playing on the East Coast here, but he had a dehydration issue of some sorts. He doesn't play a whole lot of tournaments. He's had a lot of rest for the most part and everything, but <laughs> – he doesn't play a whole lot, but when he plays, he's unbelievable. He's in the top 15, and and now that he's had the time to adjust to the East Coast and everything, I think Cantlay is kind of a sneakier play there. They're, they're my top two 9K plays, so I'll let Jason go next. So those are actually my top two 9K plays as well. I want to make this week, too, to outright win the event. So Exactly. So I think JT is underpriced. I think that makes him a play right there. Obviously, he hasn't putted all that well. He's kind of been going through some personal stuff with his grandfather passing away and all that stuff. But I have faith in that he'll bounce back at some point. Can't lay for all the reasons that Chris just said. Uh, he kind of fits the model of the player that that I think can win here. Good tee to green, solid birdie or better, good scrambler. Like he's He just kind of has all the tools. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, one other play that I really like this week is Webb Simpson. Obviously – he won it two years ago. Or I guess that would be three years ago now. Um, but great iron player, great putter. He's best on Bermuda, even though these aren't traditional Bermuda um, greens. But I still like the way that his game sets up for this course. So those are my favorite three. This this range, I feel like you could easily start all your lineups in this range and be very happy with it. I mean, that's exact for Webb Simpson, the exact words I wrote down. I, I didn't write down anything else other than elite iron and putter. That that's 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 all I wrote down. But I, I do like him a lot. Well, Webb Simpson's very accurate off the tee. He hits a lot of fairways, which is real important. And we didn't even talk about Victor Hovland. 
The guy has been crushing right. it left and right. He's, he's always giggling and smiling out there. I swear he's high as a kite. He's just out there having a good time and everything. He always kind of laughs like the whole time. He, he hit like a 10 on one hole and then he like rips off like yeah. eight, eight birdies in a row. But I love I love Hovland there. And you're not you're not scared of Hovland after the weekend he had last week. No. He was he was basically in the top five going into the weekend, was he not? And then yeah, he just he really fell apart last week. Yeah, he was for the most part, but he's a guy that brushes it off. Like he just laughs the whole time and he just like doesn't care. So that like normally, yes, I would fade a guy like that. But Victor Hovland, I just, I just don't think he phases him. And like Tony Finau, the guy just consistently gets like top fifteens, tens. Yeah, I was like, gonna, yeah that's he's that a fancy that, machine. So I mean, if if Jason says recency form is going to be important this week, is there anyone hotter on tour than Tony Finau? I mean, thirty first, fourth, second, second, second. 14th. There's last five events. And an interesting stat here. Um, the last 13 winners have had a top 23 or better before they won the Players' Championship in the same year. And I mean, yep. well, top 23 or better at the Players. Sorry, that's a different stat there. So the last 13 winners have had a top 23 or better at the Players. His best finish is tied for 22nd. So he does fit that category. I was talking to, to, to Chris before we came on the air. I was saying that Tony Finau is going to win a big event this year. It's a matter of when he thinks it's going to be the Masters. I would like to put my money that this might be the week that fifth place Tony pushes through. Fifth place Tony. No, I would love to see that, honestly. I love Tony Finau. Like we've talked about before, like he just – I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that when he gets one, he's probably going to reel off four or five in a year or two. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's such a solid golfer, and he's good in all aspects. It just seems like he just can't put that Sunday round together, which is kind of – in a way, what Rory's been doing lately. It's like he starts off so hot and then kind of fades as the weekend goes along. And Hovland did that last weekend, too. I just have one point about Hovland real quick, too, while we're on it. Uh, he's one of those guys, like Chris was saying, too, that he just kind of shrugs it off. It's like, you know, he comes off – he starts off so hot last week. I think he was fifth going into Saturday. Has that blow-up day or two, and it's like he doesn't even really care. He came out and said last week, like, I don't even like playing Florida. It's like you don't like playing Florida, but you keep reeling off these top five finishes or top seven finishes every single week. So it's like – I sure, I sure like to see those courses that you do like. So yeah, he doesn't. He's just one of those young guys. Like, kind of seems like he's always high, like a free spirit. Doesn't really. Take I'm hoping he likes to really. play. I'm hoping he likes to play overseas because I got him for the uh, the Open Championship, eighty to one. So I'm hoping he likes to play over over the pond. So that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Real quick, I'll get just a yes or no because he is the top fantasy score there is out there on a regular, consistent basis. Bryson DeChambeau, yes or no to play on fantasy or to bet on this week. Both of you. I'm saying no. No for both? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'll fade him on both this week. He just came off this win. He's had two wins before, but they've come off of uh, – so he had the win and then he had the break, and then he played. One time he had a really bad uh, finish, and then the other one was pretty decent. This is the first time he's going to be def- uh, pretty much playing a tournament after a victory the next week. And the field's so good, and it's a shorter field. I don't know if he's going to be able to tear this course up as much as he did Arnold Palmer. So I'm fading on both. Okay, Jason. So uh, this is kind of a foreshadowing moment, but so um, first off, I'm going to fade him on fantasy. But I actually already bet him. Um, I bet him Saturday of last week. So I did not know he was going to win. Obviously, at that point, I got him at yes. twenty to one. So wow. I like those odds for him. I'll still. T- I definitely going to stay with that. Yeah, that, that, that's a good that's a good bet there. You know, you got you got it as a if you're betting on golf, even if you're betting small like me, you know, looking at the futures and looking ahead. I mean, it's it's really important and you know, all because yeah, we'll we'll get into it when we talk about uh 
Chris's betting philosophies and all later in the show. I mean, he got Tony Finau at 33 to one to win the masters. I mean, he's not going to come anywhere close to that number any further down the line. So, right. Exactly. I have a question for you guys. What do you think Bryson's price would be this week? Had the pricing come out after he won. So he's 9,700, but say, yeah. he, you know, say he came out after the win. He would be in the 10 K range for sure. Maybe 10, three, 10, five. He's at 15 to one to win. Now he might, well, he might've started, you know, you know, at that point, instead of come down to that point. Yeah, I think he would have been easily in the 10K, but they got the pricing out early because of the millionaire maker and everything. Right. So that's, that's uh, you know, they wanted to get as much action as possible to cover themselves. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of action on him because he did win last week, and people are going to see that. They're going to see the bombs and everything. So I don't think he's a good guy to play for daily just because if you want to actually – it depends, like, what – tournament you're going to play if you're going to go for the home run swing go for like the millionaire you don't play bryson it's just yeah. just isn't there but if you play a smaller one and you think he's going to have a good day then you play him in the small tournaments yeah absolutely agree all right let's get into that 8k 8k range real quick again just like the 9k range there's a lot of big name players that have been playing really good golf this year in it you know you start with scotty scheffler you got Berger who just won a couple weeks ago matsuyama we've talked about spieth tyler hatton paul casey you know, there, there, there's a lot of names in this range. Um, I don't know who to go first here, but you know, uh, Jason, you, you, Chris went first in the nine K. <laughs> give me your, give me your top play. You know, that's it's probably Jordan Spieth, but you know, since you love him so much, uh, no, all right, top eight K no. guy. So I have a bet on Spieth as well. Um, okay. So I am not, actually cool. not going to play. Totally, totally right. <laughs> Which I do every week, so it's not really saying much. Uh, my favorite play in this range is actually uh, Scotty Scheffler, 8,900. He's coming in in really good form, T7, T20, and fifth in his last three events. Um, it's his first time here, so obviously first-time guys don't have a ton of success here, but I think he fits the model for this course perfectly. He's a you know, birdie or better king, really good tee to green. If he can putt at all, he's gonna. I think he's going to be set up for a big week. And then, so I'm kind of going opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm also going to go Adam Scott, 8,100. He's made his last five cuts overall, and he has eight straight cuts made here. So I really like his. I, his I, had, 12 written here. Down. I had 12 straight cuts written down. I think it's I think it's 11 or 12. Whatever, either way. So he's made a lot of cuts here. Yeah, a um, ton of cuts here. <laughs> yeah, including his past few years here. I've been T12, T11, T6, T12 his last four years here. So obviously he likes this course. Uh, I think he's a good fit for this course too. So I like him a lot. I don't like this range in general, but I like those two guys. Gotcha. Where, where, what are you looking at on these players betting and, and fantasy wise in the AK range? Uh, so what I'm looking at, I'm, I'm with him pretty much. I think Scheffler's the best guy here. He's a birdie making machine. Uh, he puts pretty well. His approach shots aren't the best in the world, but he's solid off the tee, which at least set him up for good shots. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's been playing really well with these big fields. Uh, he's been putting real well. He's been pretty much in most of them. I'm, I'm also there with them with Adam Scott. I mean, he's been so consistent. Uh, he's a guy that kind of picks and chooses his tournaments for the most part, but great off the approach, great off putting. And I actually saw this video on Paul Casey today. Somebody brought this up. It was Paul Casey had the old school three wood, and it was a literally a wood club. <laughs> And he hit, and he hit the thing off the tee. He hit, he hit a carry over 300 yards. I was like, wow. holy crap! I was like, uh, I mean, I love Casey because I loved him last week. He just didn't pan out. He was my favorite play last week to win. I just felt like he met everything real well, and I, he could be a guy that does play really well. Um, Spieth, he's just so inaccurate off the tee. That's my biggest issue with Spieth. If he actually could hit fairways, 
Like he would be really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he honestly would be because he, he is he gets he gets at least two lucky shots a week. Like he had the hole in one last week. He has like iron shots that he just hits that like hole magically that kind of like gets him going. He has like some weird juju going on, but um, but we'll see. I mean, if he can hit fairways, that's gonna be Jordan Speed's uh, number yeah. one concern. I, I I do like Paul Casey, especially in fantasy. You know, I, he's had a withdrawal and a miscut here in his last two events. But he does have three top 25s before that. He's playing great golf this year. And I think because of his withdrawal miscut in his last two times playing here, he's going to have a – I think ownership percentage in fantasy is going to be huge this week. There's going to be a lot of, you know, money or picks on certain players. So getting somebody that can have a low ownership is going to be super key. And I think people are going to – I think they're going to fade Paul Casey a lot. And I think his recency form – Really is, uh, I mean, you guys touched on pretty much every one of my 8K guys I like there. But, you know, I, I, and also recency form, we will throw Hatton into the mix. I mean, counting the European tour, he's got a first, a 22nd, a sixth, a 22nd. Last week he was 21st, but that was with a 77 on Sunday. So he was much better set up before Sunday. So, I mean, you know, you know I like all those guys, especially Adam Scott. But I really think Paul Casey is a guy to watch out for this week. Yeah, no, I think so too. Uh, I, go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, I think he's going to be low on, like you said, too. I think he kind of let people down a little bit last week, and he was pretty highly owned last week. So I think, he's yeah, he's a sneaky play this week, definitely. I, I mean, I always look at – I read like four, five, six different articles every week before I start doing my notes and watching different videos. And the one thing I kept seeing on fantasy sites was ownership percentage is going to be so much bigger than normal this week. Sorry. Yeah, that's going to be important. I mean, the pools are just going to be so much bigger. So, I mean, you're going to get that more entries and everything. Uh, we didn't even touch up on Daniel Berger. A guy that's been pretty well. But you know what? He hasn't been too hot here for the most part. He's had a 65th, a 57th, a 67th. Um, he just hasn't really had good form here at the, at the players for the most part. But that might not mean anything because everything just gets washed out the window, it seems like, for the most part. And Terrell Haddon. I, I'm always on the wrong end of Terrell Hatton. I just don't even touch him for the most part. I can't stand him. He's just dipping and just like looking around. Just I, I don't. I just he just cuts. I just don't like him that much. I'll be honest with you. He's lost me some money, so he's on my uh, no list for sure. One final note on Adam Scott. It's totally random and it doesn't mean anything this week, but he does have more rounds in the 60s at this course than anybody else in the field. He's only, he hasn't played as many times as Sergio or Phil Mickelson or some of the other vets that are in this field. He's got more rounds in the 60s than anybody else. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in the single round slates. I've made more money betting, you know, doing fantasy for single rounds than anybody else. You play him in the right round when he goes off. He's going to be good for a round in the 60s at some point this weekend. Yeah, so. no, I love the play, too. I, I think it's just safe, too. It's like – you know, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of reaches. I think not reaches necessarily, but you're going to have to kind of go low on ownership in a certain certain spots. But I think he's the one guy to kind of like staple down your lineup. Is just a consistent guy that's going to make the cut. Yeah, Adam Scott typically is a guy that's under the radar. No one ever really thinks about him. He doesn't play a whole lot of tournaments. He's real solid and everything. Uh, so I also want to talk about Sunjay M. Uh, he's a guy that's really accurate off the tee. One of the most accurate guys off the tee. Great ball striker, but his putting blows. Will it work out for the most part? Um, the couple tournaments way back when he was contending, I forget which tournament it was, 
he was on the one side of the water and his caddy was telling him to hit around it and he didn't want to and then he ended up splashing in it. So yeah. it was just like it, it's just like I don't know if he's just so hard headed. I mean the dude's like totally committed. Like he just plays every tournament and he just all he does is golf. So he doesn't I think he just recently bought a home. Like he wasn't even living at a home. He was just going yeah. place to place just like just playing golf and just like slumming it up at like just random places and just like grinding golf. So I mean like what can you not love about that guy? He's, he's, he's my a, dude. He's I love Sunday. On Airbnb, he probably is. All right, let's let's get into the seven K range because I think there's, I mean, there's a boatload of names. I can't even fit all top half of those seven K names on my screen at one time here. There's a boatload of names to name, so we're not gonna, you know, run down the entire list. Yeah. But we'll start with Chris. You know, in the seven K range, is there anybody that you're looking at as a favorite to win the event? Because actually. One of my favorites to win the events in the 7K range. Uh, oh, okay. I have them in almost every single one of my lineups at this moment before they lock. If I had it, I personally didn't take anybody in 7K to range, uh, 7K range for the most part. But if I were to take somebody, I think I would take Louis Osazen. I think uh, he's a guy that that plays well in these tournaments. Uh, he's he's a guy that scores really well. He withdrew last week. I think he's actually a great option for fantasy because I think people will be super bitter about having him in the lineup and everything. Uh, well. <laughs> I, had him, I had him in every single lineup last week. You know so. what? Too? It was a good play. He, withdrew, it was he a withdrew, withdrew after. He withdrew after the lineup's locked too. So there's yeah. nothing you could even do about it. No, there's zero you could do with it. It was yeah. just dumb luck. It just that's how it went. Um, another guy that I liked in the seven K. Actually, when I look at the lineup that I made. I have four guys in the 7K range in my lineup. So that's pretty much a majority of my lineup. Uh, the four guys I have are Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Joaquin Neiman, Will Zalatoris, and Abraham Answer. Those are the four guys I have. Uh, Abraham Answer, I haven't been on the right side of Abraham Answer, but he fits, of course, because he's so small. He doesn't have to drive it as far. Will Zalatoris, he's a ball-striking machine. He's one of the best young guys on tour. I've – Pretty much put him to win the last couple of events because I just don't want to miss out on him winning. I'm probably going to because I'm not taking him this week. So watch, watch. He probably wins the players now. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, just great ball striker as well. And then Tommy Fleetwood, he's like Tony Finau before Tony Finau. So a uh, guy that doesn't win, you know, but he's been consistent. <laughs> so well, so those are those are the guys I like in the 7K range. Let, let me tell you, part. before Jason jumps in, because I know he's going to agree on some of these guys. First off, Tommy Fleetwood, I absolutely love. First, like I said earlier in the show, he's number one strokes gained. I forget. I didn't write down in how many rounds, but strokes gained on peep die courses. Plus, I mean, he's got a fifth here. He's got a seventh at this event. Last week, he finished in the top ten. You know, I think he, everything is lining up for a big Tommy Fleetwood week, and I think he's at 45 to one to win the event. I think that's that's great value on your bet there. Um, and Abraham answer. He's actually – he's like Mr. Consistency to me. I play him almost every week that he's in the event. He finished 12th here two years ago, whatever. And his last five tournaments he played on peak die courses, he's got four top tens. And the one time he didn't finish in the top ten, he finished 11. So I think everything fits for him to have fantasy-wise a fantastic week. And even at 70 to 1, I mean, I think you're getting some really good value there, 70 to 1. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I actually love all those plays. They're all on my list. A um, couple other ones that I like. I like Billy Horschel this week. I think he's going to go super low-owned. Um, he's a guy that if he heats up with the putter at all, I think he can contend, which I like at that value. Um, 
Love Kokrak this week, too. He's a really good iron player. Two top tens in his last two uh, tournaments that he's played in, so I like him. Um, other than the guy – oh, you know what? My sneaky play of the week, actually. I actually have two of them in the lower 7Ks. I like Ian Poulter a lot this week. He's had a lot of success at this course. He's kind of a guy that nobody likes because of all the Ryder Cup antics and everything like that, but he's solid, especially at courses he likes. So I like him as a guy that's probably going to make the cut. And also Chris Kirk. I like him as a – Kind of a lower end sleeper, right? Chris Kirk is another sneaky play. On, I mean, I wouldn't bet him to win the event, but no, I mean, his no. last five events, he's got a T2, a 16, a missed cut, an eight, and a 16. I mean, they're really solid performances, and he's made seven out of seven cuts here. And uh, in 2015, I mean, he was in the final group going into the final round, so he was, you know, in on the leaderboard. He just had a really bad Sunday in 2015, fell to you know, for a tie 13th, but. I love Chris Kirk. If you're going to play any of the high-end guys and you need a cheap, sneaky guy to balance out your lineup, I think Chris Kirk's great play this week. Mm-hmm. One other name I'll throw at you guys. He's made 16 straight cuts here. He's 7,500 in the 7K range. Sergio Garcia. I wouldn't bet him, but at 7,500, if you're going to make the cut, 7,500 is a great value to have pretty much a lock to make a cut. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely going to make the cut. Uh, he's just fit for this course. Uh, he's been playing it for a while. I think he's definitely going to be low owned. I I mean maybe not like super low owned, but enough that I think he's going to benefit that you're going to be able to get a cut from him. Guys wouldn't even talk about though. Sam Burns, uh, he fell off like immediately after that Sunday, and everyone just forgot about him. Like he's just like nobody. The guy could go off at any point. He's great off the tee. Yeah. His putting is really good. I mean, that's a real strong suit, his putting. He's really good on Bermuda grass putting. That's also really important as well. And if you're looking at a guy that's a ball-striking machine, Russell Henley, he's, he's a guy that's one of the best at ball-striking on tour. Will he win? Probably not. But like in like a top 20 mm-hmm. spot or a top 30, I think he's definitely a viable choice. Well, that, that was a really great segue because I did say earlier in the show, you know, last 36 rounds, strokes gained approach, which we all agreed is – one of the top, you know, scoring things to look at this week. Morikawa's obviously number one in the last 36 rounds. Russell Henley is number two in strokes gain on approach in the last 36 rounds. So that's that's really key. Other names in the top 10, Keegan Bradley, you know, Matt Neesmith, D- Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Zalatoris, who's also in the 7K range. Finau, we didn't talk about him yet. Lanto Griffin, who me and Jason always love in fantasy for his value. And Chez Ravie. They're the guys, the top 10 strokes gained approach, you know, in the last 36 rounds. Jason, any thoughts on any of those names? Or I have one yeah. okay, but, you know, I, I, I do want to touch on them. I do like Lanto, too. I pretty much play him every single week. He's just one of those guys that I just like. So pretty much if he's not, you know, 8K or above, I pretty much am going to play him guaranteed every single week. I think he's a lot of value this week. I think he's 7,300. So I think it's a good value. It's not a guy that's going to win, but I think a top 25 is definitely in the cards for him. I think I think a guy that you kind of want to fade this week is Harris English. He's a guy that simply has never made the cut at this event, and he's been in terrible form for the most part. I think he's a good guy uh, if you're going to be playing matchup plays for the entire tournament. He's a good guy to attack for the most part. If, if you know – that like there's a good golfer going at them, you're gonna lay a little bit more juice than you want to. I think that's there for a reason, and I think he's a good guy to avoid this week. Um, as far as another guy in the 7K range that I'm looking at, 
You know what's crazy uh, too about English? Where you brought up English is that he was so good for so long, almost for like a whole year. He was just on absolutely on fire, and then he won. And then after that, it was just like he just fell off a cliff. He has been so bad for the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, if if, if you would have talked about like three, four weeks ago, even he would have been on my notes every single week. I don't yeah. even have him written down as a good or bad play because I'm just numb to him. I, I just I'm just writing him off as someone not to focus on at all. Yeah, his putter's been so hot last week. I just don't know if that's going to happen this week. Um, guys that aren't typically good putters, uh, Connors is not really a good putter per se, and he actually had a pretty good week putting. I don't think you can really repeat that for the most part. But overall, the 7K range is still – you can definitely get a lot of good value. My, like 60% of my lineup's in this range at this point. So I think, I think you can definitely make some noise with it. We don't need to spend much time in the 6K range because I think this week with the value, there's not much – you know, mm. play in the 6K range, unless Jason has a different opinion on that. But, uh, you know, the one other name, if we're just going to go strictly on recency form, I don't even have any notes on how he's performed at this course before. Brendan Gracie, you know, since he missed the cut at the Sony Open, he's got a T34, a T20. He won the Puerto Rico Open, and he's got a T26. But 7K, you need a cheap option that's going to make the cut. His last four weeks have shown he's going to make the cut. Now, I don't know his – you know, course history per se, but you know, that that's my last name in that 7k range. Yeah. I don't mind that either. So I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like Kirk has more value than him though. Oh, I, so I, I love like if I'm a, this week. Yeah. He's if I'm going to go that low, Kirk go. from me. So I'm going to throw a different name. Out. <laughs> Should we get into the uh, 6k range? Yeah. I mean the 6k range, I think when you have a field like this, we've talked about it on weeks past when you have a deep, deep field, you could pretty much stay away from the 6K range. But I'm sure you guys have found some value in the 6K range, betting and in, you know, fantasy. You, know, you sound you sound eager on the 6K range there. <laughs> well, it's kind of ironic because there's three players that I cannot stand to play in fantasy, and those are my three favorite plays in the 6Ks this week. Okay. Keegan Bradley, who I just don't like in general as a golfer, um, he's been really solid. T16 and T7 his last two times here. Mm -hmm. uh, T10 last week, which was pretty solid. He's, he's a good ball striker. Obviously, he can't putt at all. Um, it's kind of my story. It's kind of my theme for the 6K range. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, 6,700. He has been pretty solid lately, too. T21 and T10 in his last two weeks. Made three out of four cuts here. So I like him this week. And maybe, even though he burns me every single time I play him, uh, HV3, Harold Varner the third. He's made two out of three cuts here, including a T7, uh, I think it was three years ago. So, and T21 last week, too. So, I don't mind those three guys. Yeah, if I'm looking at this range, uh, I think one guy that you kind of have to play, uh, Richie Rowenski. He's a guy that consistently plays well throughout the entire tour. He's had a win already this year. He finished fourth in the API. I mean, the guy just he's going to get make you a cut. I mean, I I'm telling you right now, I love him to make the cut. He's at minus 106. I'm I already have a book. It's already booked ready to go. Minus 106. Richie Rowenski on DraftKings to make the cut. Uh, he's a guy that's been playing unbelievable in a star-studded field. He gets lost in the mix and he's a guy that if you need you need somebody low just to make the cut or maybe make some noise on top of that. He's your guy. Yeah. I mean, that was the only name I had written down in the 6K range, so I don't even have anything to add to that there. Oh, okay. I just think there's so much value in that 9 to 7K range that I probably won't have a single lineup, you know, in the uh, with, with somebody in the 6K range probably. I have two more deep dives. So uh -oh. Mackenzie Hughes, 
for whatever reason, he always pops up in the optimal lineups. I've been uh, like really studying those, like I said, too. And he pops up in the optimal lineups quite a bit. So I don't mind him. And then another one is Andrew Putnam. Uh, he has two top fives in the last two weeks. Kind of okay. interesting. Coming in in good form. I think he missed his only cut here. In his, or I think he was cut in his only time here. But uh, I think that's worth a shot. Maybe like one or two lineups. We, we, we got Greg checking in here. He's saying these greens are playing totally different than in years past with yep. the overseas Texas swing putters playing like pent grass. You know, I, yeah, exactly. I think we – I heard a little bit about that being talked on a Golf Channel earlier today. Yeah, so there's one more guy. I'm looking at the 6K range. He is a ball striker. His putter's pretty terrible, but you never know. Maybe he can get you through a cut. Doc Redman. He's a guy that, you know, he, he's a ball-striking machine, and he's pretty accurate off the tee. He's not going to kill it off the tee, which you don't really need, but he's accurate, and he's accurate with his approach shots. His putter's just garbage. So if it's somewhat okay, he'll get you through a cut. All right, let, 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 let's build a lineup real quick, guys. This is what we do, uh, Chris, every single week. We build right, a lineup. Let's... We take turns. As the guest, the special guest, Mr. E-Bomb himself. All right, now we're talking. You, you you get to make the first pick. And we, so so the rule is we make sure no matter how bad this lineup is, we place a bet, even if it's just in a dime lineup. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'll play this I'll play this lineup. I'm excited. Let's do this. So you get first pick. Who are you starting our lineup with this week? I'm starting with Colin Morikawa. I, I I feel like he's the That's guy like that can win out. in here. <laughs> Easy one there. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a smart. Yeah, you go. You can go next there, Jason. Oh, you so, go. You that go. was 9,400. He drops our average to just over 8,100. You go ahead this time. Oh, you want me to age go? I'm going to go Adam Scott because he's he's on DraftKings, one of my favorite plays this week. So we're, we're, we're playing Adam Scott because he's going to make the cut for sure. Right. I like it. All right, I'm going to have to go value here. Well, not that. I'm going to go Zalatoris. Nice. I like Alex Zalatoris. And, and, and to think that we've talked about on this show so many times, Will Zalatoris, and yet he's only rated at 7,600 on DraftKings right now. I mean, the guy's been in the 9K range at points this year, just be, depending on the field. That's how deep this field is, that he's 9,600. I think my only worry with him is that, I mean, he's a young kid, but he's played like seven weeks in a row now at this point. So I yeah. feel like the wheels are probably going to come off at some point, but he's been a top 15 machine, so – yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's no wolf over here. Just assigned to call it quits over here. At least right, he's a little yeah, bit yeah. in the back though. Absolutely. Right. All right, Chris, you're up. We're at 8,300 is our average. 8,300 is our average. Okay, let me see what we got. You can go here. any way you want. We'll 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 fix it based off of however you pick. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna go. I'm going Joaquin Neiman. Okay. We didn't even Joaquin talk about him much, did we? At 7,700. I think he's a guy that can go off and he can get birdies left and right. And I don't need him to win. I just need him to score consistently. And he's that kind of guy. Yeah. All right. Well, since he did that, I'm going to go cheap too. So I'm going to let you pick Jason, the, the next big money guy in our lineup. I'm going to go Abraham answer. So I absolutely love him this week at yeah. 7,500. That leaves us with 9,700 on the board, nice. which go. brings into play so many great options there to round up our lineup. So I'm going to go – I'm going to leave some money on the table. I'm going to go Patrick Cantley to round it out. Nice. Perfect. We're having more comment, Patrick Cantley in our lineup. This might be the first time in three weeks that our lineup actually catches. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad you picked Cantley because, like, that that's the perfect guy to throw in there. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. At least 500 on the table. 
which Perfect. you could have gone all the way up to Webb Simpson at 9,500. But I think Cantlay is a Cantlay and Morikawa. If you could have both those in your lineup with someone like Adam Scott that never misses the cut here, I think that that's a that's a golden lineup right there. I'm I'm gonna play this in something. Uh, I'll keep you posted when I play it. And you might be surprised. Well, we, 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 all, we all talk about our lineups all weekend long and how bad <laughs> we did really what we we did bad, then we did well, and then the last two weeks have just been train wrecks on here. I like it. You know what style lineup? I think too. Even if you don't even use this exact lineup for the for some of the viewers, I feel like starting lineups with Morikawa and Cantlay. I don't think you can go wrong. I think you can no. put those two guys in as like you know building blocks and go from no. there. Jason, no concern on high ownership on both those guys being in your lineup? I think Cantlay is going to be super high owned. I think he's going to be even higher than Morikawa. My only hope is that the 9K range is loaded. I feel like you could talk me into pretty much anybody in the 9K range, so I'm hoping that kind of splits up the ownership a little bit. But okay. I don't know. I think Cantlay – I like Cantlay to win this week or come pretty damn close. I don't think ownership's so. going to be a big deal if they do really well. You're going to need them. So right. yeah, I, think, I think they're going to tear – I think both of them are going to tear it up. So – I'm glad both of them are in the lineup. All right. That, that's good. All right. I'm going to throw a couple of our lineups real quick before we get into the betting because we will, we'll wrap up with the betting and all. I was building lineups, and the first lineup I built today had a bunch of different names in it. And I want to get your opinions on it, guys, because I really liked the lineup. And then I kind of got to the last spot, and I always love to leave money on the table. Then I wasn't sure. So the first lineup I built today when I was doing my research had Tommy Fleetwood. Abraham Answer, Paul Casey, Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth. And then with my last spot, I was bouncing between Tony Finau and Webb Simpson. You know, obviously, I, I, I kind of went with Tony Finau, left 400 on the table. Webb Simpson maxed you out, which I hate maxing out a lineup. But Fleetwood, Answer, Casey, Scott, Spieth, and Finau. Am I making any mistakes by doing that combo of guys there? I think Spieth is my weakest link there in that lineup. Yeah, I, I mean – oh, go on. What are you going to say? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. Yeah, I mean, Spieth would be the guy I would take out. Uh, he's just not really accurate on the tee, which is a big concern for me. Uh, I would go with Fitzpatrick right there and leave a, bit, a little bit of money on the table for the most part. Sanjay M's been kind of back and forth a little bit. I think Fitzpatrick has been more of a gamer for this kind of like competition. Uh, he could be a guy that could actually win it. I mean, I'm not personally playing him, but I would not be shocked if he won finally and be at the players. So I would personally put Fitzpatrick in over speed. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. I think the other thing that's going to come in with that too is that I think speed is going to be a lot higher on than Fitzpatrick too. When I think Fitzpatrick's win equity is probably just as high. So yeah, I like that move too. All right. I, I, I like hearing. So I built a lineup on strictly strokes gained approach. That's all I focused on. Just that because we – and which is weird because we all agree that that's the most important category this week. Yep. So if you take the top guys but also fit it into a lineup because you can't just take all the top guys on strokes gained approach, the best mm -hmm. lineup I could come up with was Morikawa, Russell Henley, and Keegan Bradley. So they're the top three in strokes gained approach, okay? And then I bounced. I, then I they bottomed out the lineup with Neesmith, Zalatoris, and it left me enough money to put Dustin Johnson in my lineup, and still have eight hundred dollars left over. Wow! Morikawa, Henley, Keegan Bradley, Neesmith, DJ, and Zalatoris. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a pretty good lineup. I mean, uh, I don't know how well Keegan Bradley's going to do per se. I mean, what is he at the sixty nine hundred range? You're saying, right? Mm-hmm. He's at sixty nine hundred. Yeah, sixty nine hundred. All he has to do is make the cut, and he pays off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely making the cut. Uh, if you're looking to go kind of different routes with that, I would possibly look at Maverick McNeely or possibly Sebastian Munoz. But I mean, yeah, if you need him to make the cut. Uh, I think I think that's definitely I mean that's definitely a possibility. Like this course is like this is probably the hardest week that I've probably handicapped since I've been like I mean honestly this tournament is just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean you got to be good off the tee, you got to be good with approach. No consistent winners. You don't have any good history of like hey these kind of guys always win and everything. This is just who's been the most consistent, who doesn't get cut, and that's you just got to ride with those guys. Agreed. Jason, any thoughts on that lineup? No, I think that's a really good lineup. Um, yeah, I don't really have any tweaks to it. I think I would go with that. All right, all right. Let's 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 get into the betting because this is what Chris Ebaum, the man, does the best over there. I mean, he's on. Uh, where are my notes? Hold on, I lost my notes. Off the T matchups. That's his show. It's OTT matchups on Twitter. He's got a great YouTube channel. He, he does some great work over there. This guy doesn't just bet outright winners. He bets matchups. He bets rounds. He he pretty much finds every odd that works in the favor of the better, and, and, and nails them pretty much week in and week out. I mean, again, you had Chris Connors, his first round leader last week. I mean, that was a huge, huge win for a lot of people that listen to you. Before we get into our betting, you know, because we've talked about on this show that there's more to golf than just the the four round. Daily fantasy lineup and the outright winner. I talk about the the single round daily fantasy slates all the time. What are your key things you're looking for when you're betting matchups or single round leaders or any of the other you know you know smaller bets that you're making on a week to week basis? So if you're looking like more specific like round betting for the most part, I'm pretty much fading every good putter. Like, that's ridiculous because there's guys that are, like, five over on putting. Like, it's just outrageous. And then there's guys that are, like, minus three, minus four putting. And it's like, yeah, they might be bad putters, but you know what? They're just, like, minus five on putting. And you're like, that's not going to happen the next week. It's just not going to. Like, these guys are professionals. Putting is so up and down for the most part. I usually like looking at strokes gain off the tee, (laughs) approach. Uh, tee to green pretty much tells the whole story of the golfer for the most part. So when I'm looking at it, I see guys that are like plus five that are like strokes gain putting. And then they're like minus like four strokes gain tee to green. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, oh my gosh, where can I get it? I'm like in plus 102 with a guy. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is great. And I can't wait. And that's the kind of things I'm looking for. And I think when you're looking at matchups for the week, you really have to analyze the course. And this is kind of a bad example this week because this course is just all over the place. You know, there's so much risk reward, so many different winners. Um, I think actually live betting guys to win this tournament is going to be key. I think you can find great value here. Uh, the Genesis, uh, I, I banked in with Homa at 12 to 1 because he just had the best stats at that point, even with not that good of a putter going on. And he ended up pulling it off, even in like dramatic form with that crazy shot against the tree and everything. I still don't know how he hit that thing. But I I mean, mean, that cost me a lot of money because I cashed out as soon as I would I would have cashed out too. I didn't have that option. I was just riding it out. I was just like, whatever. If it happens, it happens. We'll see what happens. But 
I mean, it just comes down to just how guys are playing. I think this this tournament specifically, like I'm placing two bets on guys I think are going to win, but I'm going to be looking live on after Saturday because there's going to be a whole story told for the entire week. And I think I think you're going to see a guy that you're going to get really good odds on that's actually playing a lot better than most of the players. Mm-hmm. Before we get to your outright winner predictions or whatever you want to you know you know give away on our show. Obviously, you already said where it is key to make the cut at minus 106. Are there any other, you know, bets already in advance that you see that are great value bets or really strong candidates to win this week on those side bets, the matchups or the, you know, other things to make? Yeah, so I'm known for my leader after first rounds. I hit last week with Corey Connors. I've hit a few of them for the most part. They're your, like, pretty much lottery tickets, like kind of, you know, your free roll for the week. Uh, I talked about it on my show. I'll tell you guys, I have four guys I'm playing already. I already locked them in. My lowest odd guy is Colin Morikawa, 40 to 1. I have him ranked seven strokes gained T degree. I mean, total in first round play on Pete Dye courses. Uh, there's not a lot of data on him. He only played that one round last year and he tore it up for the most part. So I'm not too concerned with him not getting much experience here because the guy's an animal and he can get hot right off the bat. He gets, he can get hot at any round. So I think the first round could definitely do it as well. Uh, Siwoo Kim is 90 to one. Uh, he's a former players champion. Uh, he's a rise and fire golfer. He does not know how to spell layup. He just fires away for the most part. Uh, he's known for being a first round beast. Uh, I've seen him multiple times on top of the leaderboard. I haven't been able to cash on him yet for being leader after first round, but I know he's been around that part. Uh, he ranks fifth in the field in consecutive GIRs. I think that's important if you're going to get some scoring back and forth a lot because you're going to need to get those GIRs, the greens and regulations to, you know, get those birdies, those eagles. And uh, he's just real comfortable at this course. He's a past winner. And I think he's going to be firing right away. And that's a guy I won at 90 to one. And I got two really big, big odd guys, Alex Norton. He's 125 to one. I have him ranked second in strokes game total in the entire field on first round strokes game total within four years of data on peak die courses. He's played four first rounds here, and he's and he at one twenty five to one. I absolutely love him. I, I I think he's definitely worth a flyer. Uh, he doesn't have mind blowing stats. He's not he's not a guy you're like oh he does this great or this great. He's just a solid golfer. I guess if his strong suits are strokes gain around the green like you were talking about before and his putting, he did post a top twelve at the Genesis, which is a really tough course to play. Yeah. So for for that reason alone, also like. For 125 to 1, I would be more than happy to play that. And Rory Sabatini, 125 to 1. Uh, he's been super cold. I'm not going to lie. He's missed three straight cuts. Uh, I'm not playing him to win. That's not what I'm looking for. He's ranked fifth in the field based on peak die courses for first round play. Um, that's what I'm concerned about. He's had eight first rounds played at, at the um, just pretty much these kind of courses. So there's a lot of data backing it up. It's almost falls into that a Corey Connors that I had last week because Corey Connors did not have a really good like like run uh, at the Arnold Palmer as far as like you know scoring well and you know just finishing the tournament for the most part. And he after the first round he said I have the skills to play well here. I just finally put it together. And Royce Sabatini, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls it off because. He, he does play well here in first rounds, and nobody's talking about him. He used to be like, why is that guy up in the first round leaderboard? And hopefully we can cash with 125 to 1. Well, I'm just going to tell you, before I get to Jason, I'm going to make a bet on each and every one of them. <laughs> Connors, 
So I'm I'm gonna bet yeah. each and every one of those at least a, at sure. least at least a small yeah. unit on it. All yeah, right. I mean, I mean, when I'm looking at these, I don't really play a lot of like the high end guys because it is first round and it's very volatile for the most part. You know, yeah. anybody could be up there in first round. I mean, if someone's feeling froggy and they want to leap, you know, they're gonna just be firing away and then they're feeling they feel good with their putter. I'm telling you, it. I see it all the time. I'm watching PGA Tour live and I just see these guys just like not even caring, just free swinging. And you got a free swinging golf, you know. I, I mean, I, I play golf and. I mean, I'm still trying to work on everything. And, and one guy told me my shoulders were too tight when I'm, like, swinging my irons and stuff. And I, no one ever told me that in, like, the years I was playing. No, it's like I got a little loose. I started, you know, just the ball started popping a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, all right. And I think a lot of these guys, the first round, they just don't care. And, they, like, the pressure's not on them. And these guys that aren't that good, they're just free swinging. And that's what I try to take advantage of. We've never had somebody call, just describe it as free frogging or whatever you just yeah. said. Feel feel frog, feel feel frog frog yeah, fair way to heaven here. Yeah, yeah that's when you frog, you gotta leap. That's my new favorite phrase, by the way. I'm gonna start yeah. using that all the time. All right, we're gonna dive into Jason. I want your top bets to outright win this week, because again, on this show, you know, Chris is the 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 best when it comes to the matchups and the and the first round leaders and all those things. But I think we've done a pretty damn good job on this show of picking winners. I mean, we've had what four or five outright winners, and what we've done this show seven or eight times. Wow, you know, that's really so good. We're we're, we're pre- between the two of us. One of us yeah. picks the outright winner almost <laughs> every single week. So exactly I'm gonna, right. I got seven names written, and I haven't decided on my picks yet. So I'm going to listen to you first before you make, before I make my decisions. So I put three bets in. Like I said, I I don't know if I did it Friday night or Saturday morning last week, but uh, I got Spieth at twenty eight to one. Uh, Bryson at 20 to one, which obviously that was before he won. So I didn't know that at that point. Uh, and then JT at 18 to one. And then I was kind of looking for longer shot winners and I was having a hard time kind of coming up with one. So I think I'm going to kind of do what Chris was saying and just kind of wait until later on in the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I do have one more bet, which is Sun JM at uh, 55 to one. But I think I usually do like five to seven a week. I think for my last two or three, I'm probably going to wait to see how the weekend goes. Maybe bet Friday night just to see, you know, how things are shaking out. Yeah, I, I agree with that because because I'm I'm really stuck. So I actually don't have anybody written down to outright win that is below twenty two to one. So the four names that are twenty two to one, I'm looking at four different names, and I'm not going to bet all four of them right now. Um, I'm 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 going to bet one, maybe two of them, and then we'll see. Like you said, going into the weekend. But if I'm going to bet one of these guys, I'm going to throw all four names. We've talked about all four of them multiple times today. You know, Patrick Cantlay. You know, Webb Simpson, uh, Tony Finau, and Colin Morikawa. I kind of feel like I have to bet Morikawa and Finau actually this week. Is 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 that the right way to go, or should I be only betting one of them or the other two? Where 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 should I go, Chris? I mean, honestly, Colin Morikawa is my favorite guy to win this week. I mean, he's a ball striking machine. He's a beast. I mean, he he plays well in these big kind of tournaments. I mean, he's my favorite guy to win at twenty two to one. I can't knock him for taking Finau because I love Tony Finau. Uh, it's just I'm personally not taking him at this point because I'm kind of banking him to win at the Masters and have that story book ending of, of winning at the Masters. It's only because you have money on the Masters. That's the only yeah, reason that's the only reason why. But but I think he's right. going to play well because he plays well everywhere. So I yeah. can't knock you for taking Fee now. All right, I got two guys I'm looking at in the forty to forty-five to one range, um, and we talked about him. I talked about him before. I loved uh, Tommy Fleetwood this week. He's forty-five to one. 
Um, and Paul Casey at 40 to one. Again, these lines were when I did my research at like 9 a.m. this morning. So some of these numbers might have changed since then. And I haven't placed my bets. I, I think if I'm betting Morikawa, I'm also betting Fleetwood, hands down. Or do you prefer Paul Casey, or should I stay away from those two guys, guys? Guys. Yep. You want you want to go? Guys. No, you go ahead. All right, okay. All right, that's fine. Uh, Paul Casey, he has a lot of the good stats. He he drives the ball over 300 yards, and he's really he's one of the most accurate guys that drives the ball over 300 yards, and he's really good at approach shots. I mean, I got burned on him last week because he was my favorite guy last week. So I'm kind of a little bitter about it. I wish I wasn't. But uh, I do love Paul Casey. He's a guy that, you know, he's kind of a free-swing guy. He's always smiling. He's like a guy that you would want to play golf with, honestly, because he seems like he'd be like a really good dude to play golf with. But uh, he doesn't really seem like a lot really phases him. So I, I like the Paul Casey play. I wouldn't be shocked if he wins it. Jason, I like the Casey. I, I definitely like the Casey play better than the Fleetwood play. I just really? am not. Can, yeah, I, I think Fleetwood is going to do well. I think he's going to be good for fantasy. I just don't think he can win here. That's that's the biggest thing. I think he, you know a top ten is not is not out of the question. I just don't think he's going to win. Okay. I mean, I just I just I think everything. I mean, again, Fleetwood is the European Tony Finau, you know, fifth place Finau. I mean, he's just got course history. He's got recent success. I'm going to use fifth place Finau until he wins the Masters. If he wins the Masters, I'll never <laughs> say that joke ever again. Right. I, I, I just – I don't know. Something about Fleetwood's got me hit this week. But, all right, I'll take that. And I have one long shot. And it's 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 not really – I really don't know if he's really got a shot. Maybe I bet him. Maybe I don't. Maybe I wait till the weekend. But Adrian Manser, he's my favorite fantasy player. And at 70-1, to 1, I mean, I think he's – as a long shot, if you're betting anybody 60, 70, 80, 90 to 1 to win the event – I don't think you can get much better than Avery answer as a potential, you know, hit this week. He's got the talent to do it for sure. I mean, he we've seen him contend in big tournaments before. He's definitely not afraid. And this being like a shorter style course, I think it's a good fit for him too. So yeah, I don't hate that at all. I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah. I mean, the fact he's not like a real big driver, I mean, he's pretty consistent off the tee. So I think that really works out for his uh, advantage for the most part. Um, I'm looking at what he did pretty much here. Uh, the American Express, he got fifth. Uh, the World Golf Championship, he did end up getting 18th, which is a really tough uh, tournament. So, I mean, I can't knock him for taking that either. I think seven what, – what'd you get him at? What was the odds? 70 to one he was at. 70 to one. I know a lot of guys I've been talking to, they, they're, they're real big on answer. I'm just always on the wrong – I was talking to you before. I'm always on the wrong end of answer. Right. So, I like – I I, I am going to take him That's how I've been Casey. I've always been on the wrong – I like Paul Casey mm -hmm. this week. And I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Fleetwood because I've had a lot of bad, you know, experiences with Paul Casey. Sure. So, you know, he's yeah. one of the 97 golfers on the dead to me list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Terrell Hatton for me. I can't stand him. All right. Do, do we got anything else to wrap up? Oh, well, I didn't even get who, who's your outright winners. To Who, who, who do you like to win outright this week? Obviously, I'm, I'm guessing you're saying Cor Colin Morikawa, right? Yeah, so I, I like Colin Morikawa. He's my number one guy. Uh, Patrick Cantlay at 22-1. to 1. He's only had three events, like I said, but his bet, worst finish has been 15. He's just so good around the green, really good ball striker. You don't, there's really not one thing he doesn't do right, and I think I think guys are going to kind of forget about him a little bit in the betting market, and I think at 22-1, to 1, I think he's also really good there with Morikawa. And one more guy that I am looking at, Victor Hovland at 28-1. to 1. He's a guy that can run up the score. I'm not too concerned about the weekend like we talked about before because he just laughs everything off and just moves on. 
But uh, those are kind of the three guys I'm looking at. I placed two bets on Morcow and Cantlay. I haven't pulled the trigger yet on Hovland because, like uh, like Jason said before, I'm waiting for the live line on Saturday because if I see somebody that's really juicy, I'll definitely have a edge opportunity possibly, or I might make even a bigger bet and put in for if I really, really like somebody on Saturday that has not been putting that well and he's pretty much near the leaderboard. And I, I feel like his putter can eat up a little bit on Sunday like Bryson did. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm looking at. Sounds good. Before we wrap this show up, do either of you guys have anything else you want to share about this week in this event before we uh, close it out? I think I, no. I, I have three pages of notes. I've touched on every single thing on my three pages of notes. Yeah, oh, that was the question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go go on. On. I was just gonna say, what do you guys think? Okay, throw odds out out of the window. What do you think? Who do you think is gonna win this golf tournament? I think Morikawa is going to win. Yeah, I think Morikawa. I think no one. I think he just plays in the best events right now, and no one's hitting the ball bearing him. And now he kind of figured out his putter. Now I think that's kind of dangerous because I think that was like kind of my only concern with him changing grips like the last couple of weeks. And he's really accurate off the team. He actually hits it kind of far for being such a little guy. Uh, I would have taken him at honestly fifteen to one because I think I think he I think he's probably going to win it. Yeah, I, I mean I really love Colin Morikawa. He's he's my absolute. You know, favorite pick, odds out the window, favorite play to win. If he didn't win last week, I might be a little higher on Bryson DeChambeau as well. I, I really think, I mean, he's 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 a boomer bust guy. Even when he busts, he still scores a boatload of fantasy points. Right. So he's kind of in that Tony Finau range where I kind of feel like once he gets hot, he might be unstoppable. He might not win two weeks in a row. But he might win two or three events in his next three or four events that he plays. So he's a kind of a sneaky thought in the back of my head. He wasn't in my original notes. But as I keep going, I kind of feel in the back of my head, there's a chance he can go back-to-back this week. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I'm going Rory this week. I think he gets over the hump this week, gets out of his own head, and, and wins. Okay. All right. I like it. At first, He would be the first defending champion to, to, to yeah. defend his crown. So – I mean, if anybody could do it in this field, Rory could defend a crown for sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, again, Fairway <laughs> to Heaven, Tuesday nights right here on the All About the Birds Network. Uh, Jason and I, we want to thank Chris, our special guest. Oh, that's the wrong tag right there. There you go. <laughs> the wrong that was tag. good. Chris, you see, uh, at Chris E-Bomb, at O-O-T, O-T-T matchups. You also do, I think it's Wednesday on Fox the Gambler on on uh, 1025 the Gambler. Yeah, so uh, so I so I go on the Daily Tick with Sean Brace on Wednesdays, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, and I also been writing uh, blogs on my matchup plays on Philly Influencer as well. I just started last week. I went I went two and zero on the weekend. Um, they were both ugly matchups. I think my best score out of both matchups was even. So it wasn't like I was in any great matchups for the most part. I think one guy – I had one guy winning plus three. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Was that the uh, Zach Johnson one I disagreed with you on? Yeah, 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 that I one, yeah. I totally said I disagreed, and it totally yeah. was I, – I almost I almost sent you a message because I think Zach Johnson was leading like I thought he would like through six or seven holes, and then he just – you know, fell completely. Yeah, he fell apart. He went for the he went for the uh, green and hit the hit the pond a little bit. So that didn't help the cause too much. <laughs> he went for the green and hit the pond. Yeah, but but you know what though? I think it's important that when you're looking to bet here, I just wanted to say real quick: this field is stacked, and I think the top twenty there is value beyond belief. I mean, there's a couple of plays I talked about on my show. 
You will never – I don't think I've ever seen this. Justin Thomas is plus 125 to be in the top 20, plus 125. Usually he's minus 120, minus 200. Yep. I know JT's been a little iffy with the putter. I know a lot of things have been going on in his head with Tiger and, you know, his grandfather passing and everything. But I cannot pass that up. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour. And for top 20, I think I, – I was looking at what he was doing. He was he was beginning like 15s and 16s when he was playing bad. Like, right. like, like I think top 20 is a steal there. And I'm looking at Will's out towards three to one. Uh, he's been a top 20 machine. That's three to one on your money. And Sam Burns, uh, we kind of touch up on him a little bit, four and a half to one on top 20. So, I mean, if you're looking for a guy with a little more, more long odds than Sam Burns, who is a very good player and puts very well in Bermuda grass, four and a half to one is very good. But Justin Thomas at plus 125, I, I had to lock that in. I'll, I'll, li- I'll live by that all day. Yeah, I mean, and these are and these are the bets that we don't look at every single week, and and that's why you know we wanted to get you on, Chris, because I mean, you literally, I mean, we think we do, we we know a lot about golf and fantasy and gambling, but I mean, you got that gambling aspect locked down. If you people watching the show are not following him at Chris Ebom or his you know OTT matchup site, I mean, you're missing out on so much opportunity to make money week in and week out on golf. So yeah. Well, so, thanks, okay. man. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Fairway to Heaven on the All About the Birds Network. We're so much more than just Eagles talk on this network. We we just locked somebody up to write Phillies baseball for us. We're trying to expand our thing and what we're doing here. So if anybody's ever interested in joining our team, writing, podcasting, content creating, reach out to any member of the team. We'll get you set up. We'll talk to you about all the great stuff you can do for the team. And again, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Jason, pleasure as always. We're under the 60-day mark till we get to Florida, right? That's right. 58, I think. Look at you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody have a great night. Thank you so much. Don't forget to tune in to All About the Birds Network tomorrow night, 9-15, our regular weekly report. And on Thursday night, 10 p.m., special Into the Vault, Unlocking the Vault, whatever we call it. I don't even know at this point. Uh, but it's the second time we've done this show. We have a special episode. 10 p.m. Thursday night, David Akers is going to be joining us for about 45 minutes, just straight Boom. talk, us with David Akers talking about his, his past, the current state of the Eagles, anything else going on in his life. It'll be a great show, so make sure you tune into that. And everybody have a great night, and let's win some money, all right? And let's, let's cash some tickets this week, all right? Oh, yeah.